Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Sue, and we are going to be hearing her story, and I'm really, really excited to get to talk with her. And so I will stop talking so you can introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, hi, I'm Sue. Um, my real name's Susanna, but everybody just calls me Sue. Um, I'm 23. Um, I was diagnosed with Turner syndrome at birth um, because my mom noticed I had like the like puffy toes. And um, so they did my karyotype, everything. So it came back as classic Turner's. Um, but so like, I remember going to endocrinologist, of course, um, as I was little taking the growth hormone shots. Um, I'm five, four, so I don't know, I guess it's kind of average, um, you know, hormone replacement therapy I'm on, I take estrogen and progesterone right now. Um, so I did have to have, when I was like 11, I had, some of I had like a nodule on my thyroid and so they did surgery to take that out um and then just recently they found like a small one on like the other thyroid that I have but I don't know my doctor said she wasn't really like worried about it you know because like 99% of the time it's nothing to worry about so um but yeah um you know honestly I feel really normal you know I'm blessed to not really you know, I've had any of the, you know, complications that can come along with Turner syndrome, you know, I guess just saying like thyroid stuff is what I've had to deal with, but um, yeah, I just, I feel like there's a lot to be thankful for in life. So that's always a great way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, and particularly with all of the different things that can come up with Turner's, it can get kind of difficult and overwhelming as it is and so finding those things that you can you know be grateful for and find the positive in it I am not one that's like the oh you know you're being cliche or you know falsely positive if you only try to see the good I think if you're handling what you need to but you're trying to stay positive that's to me a very healthy approach so yeah <laughs> um so i i always love hearing what triggers the diagnosis so you said your mom noticed things that is why you got the testing done yeah um she watched you know or when i was born she saw the like I had puffy toes is, is what she said. And then, um, so she's like, what's up with her toes? And then the doctor was like, oh, I think I've seen this before, you know, so we're going to figure it out. And then, so I guess, you know, they did the karyotype, you know, did some blood work and it came back as Turner's. So. Puffy feet and hands is very common. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't what got me to get a diagnosis, but I had that as well. Yeah. So 
in your experience, what's been the biggest thing that has impacted you from Turner's? Yeah, um, definitely probably the like infertility aspect is definitely something that's for me really particularly hard because I come from a family with like a billion and one kids, you know, so um, I, and that's actually why I'm on the estrogen and progesterone is to be able to build that lining back up to be able to do IVF but um yeah so it's it's just hard but you know just everything is a day at a time so so you are currently actively working towards doing IVF yeah I think so probably at least by 2023 um that's awesome yeah it (laughs) it's so expensive though it was pretty overwhelming to see the prices um, for, you know, just even to buy like donor eggs and, you know, it, it was insane. Yeah. Are you, are you um, in the process of doing the screenings already or have you already done that? Um, I guess technically I've already done that, I guess, because I had like the internal ultrasound done so they could look at my ovaries they were like there but like barely there so she said I would most likely need an egg donor um so yeah and that's kind of that was last month um that found that out so yeah so what was the determining factor for you to make you want to pursue IVF over other options? Because I feel like everybody has their different journey to making that decision. Yeah. Um, pre- I, I guess pretty much, you know, I just wanted that experience still of, you know, being able to like carry the child. Um, something for me that's like, that I've been having to kind of cope with is just the fact of like, it won't be a child from me, you know, but, but it it will in the sense of, you know, I've been able to carry the kid and everything. So. Yeah. I think, I think it is something that all the scientific advancements can really emotionally help some of that too because it can you know even just that feeling of normalcy yeah can be really yeah so would you say there's been one specific moment that Turner's has really changed something in your life I mean I know infertility and doing IVF but has there been anything um, that really changed your thinking on things? Um, I guess not a whole lot. It's, you know, like I said, I've, you know, blessed to, you know, cause it can kind of, you know, Turner's represents itself in like different ways, you know, some are, you know, it just kind of depends on how it manifests itself. Um, but I guess pretty much the, I guess the thyroid thing is pretty much the only thing that's kind of like got me concerned. Um, 
but you know, again, even like thyroid nodules are super common anyways in just regular people. So yeah. Yeah. And thyroid issues in general can be common for people even without Turner's. Yeah. Was there anything in your thyroid issues that, um, specifically red flagged as far as there might be something like, did you have symptoms or was it just, they found it on a test? Yeah, they just kind of found it. Um, cause I was going to see a new endocrinologist and then, so she just wanted to get that checked up and everything. And so they did an ultrasound of, of the thyroid and then that's where they, they saw, um, the nodule. I mean, it's, but she said it was like super tiny. So that's good. Yeah. So for sure. is, is there, um, with your HRT, this might be jumping around a bit. Um, you said you were on estrogen and progesterone. Is that mm-hmm. it's two individual pills? Yeah. So I, the estrogen is like, like day one to 25. And then the progesterone is you take it day 16 to 25 um, to be able to, you know, have that cycle. And have you, have you mostly had that same regimen or has there been like, have you had a bunch of different ones or a few different ones you've tried to kind of find one that worked well for you? Um, I, I was on it whenever I was like little. Um, and then I think like five, six years ago, I started just taking birth control. Um, and so that was kind of the hormone replacement there for a while. Um, but then now, you know, starting the IVF process, I was put back on that estrogen and progesterone regimen. So, so as far as starting the IVF process, what, well, I'm really curious what that looked like. Cause I, I mean, I know, um, certain aspects of it, just from me discussing with doctors when we were doing fertility testing and everything. But um, if you're comfortable sharing, I would just love to hear a little bit more about what that journey has looked like so far. Yeah, um, I guess it's pretty still kind of early in the process. If I think about it, um, you know, I had the ultrasound done and everything, and um, she just kind of said, you know, you're going to need an egg donor. Um, so they sent the information to be able to get that, um, you know, started and everything. Um, but yeah, so I guess it's pretty early on and then just starting that, the hormones. So it's where it's at right now. So have you, um, have you had any specific, um, approach you're trying as far as the finances side? Cause I know, that was, I mean, there was a whole lot of information I got in the appointment with my doctor, but that was probably the one that I left the most in shock with. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's kind of the thing right now is I, no idea how to pay for it at all. And, you know, it's crazy because it, a lot of people, this isn't even something that they would really have to think about, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah, definitely a shocker to kind of see those prices <laughs> and that's yeah. when it becomes real. Yeah. And even looking, um, I don't know if you kind of were given the same message, but when I asked about, well, 
because I mean, I, I was diagnosed before I was even born. So I've always mm-hmm. known this was a chance, but you know, um, my parents told me when I was almost 10, just under 10 and it was something I was constantly thinking about and talking about just because I knew I wanted to have kids. And so growing up, all of my friends were like, you know, I love you and I would give you my eggs. And I never wanted, you know, I wanted to be able to do it to myself, so like do it for myself. So I was still holding out. But when I asked my doctor, they said that that doesn't actually make it a significant amount cheaper. Like it it could help, but not as much as I was anticipating because so much is more just paying for the medical side of it versus paying for, um, you know, like they could waive the donor fees, things like that. But I I don't know. Is that something you've um, heard anything specific about? Uh, I haven't heard anything specific about that. My aunt was kind of like, because I was talking to her about this and she was like, well, uh, Roxanne, um, which is her daughter, which is my cousin. Um, (laughs) I'm really sorry. (laughs) The dog just came in. Um, He was like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, she'd be able to you know, she'd be happy to, you know, give you her eggs, but, you know, me and my husband talked about it and it's kind of like, you know, same thing you were saying, it wouldn't make it significantly cheaper. Um, and so I don't know for us, it's just kind of, I would rather just have a donor, you know, to not have that, like, I guess, I don't know. I think it was kind of like a weird connection. You know, if I was to use my cousin's eggs, you know, I would just, rather it be from somebody else, but, um, yes. Yeah. There was, so there was that aspect of it. And then there was the aspect of it also, he, he told me, I don't ever recommend having them donated from somebody you're very personally close to, because it can, be a hard thing to navigate within a personal relationship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I was kind of like, nah, probably not going to do that. Did to look at experiences and everything. Did you, um, do any research into embryo adoption? Oh, I did not actually. Um, I had never heard of it before. And then I was doing a ton of research and had heard of it. And, um, I don't think it's something that's very much talked about, but it's, it's very connected to IVF in the way that medically your side of things still looks the same. You still prepare for the transfer, um, and all of that. Um, it was just very interesting. I love how many options there are now. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's one thing that's, that's great about it. You know, it's definitely a positive out of all of it is, you know, there is plenty of options. Um, you know, it doesn't make it any harder to kind of like cope with and everything, but yeah, at least there is those options. Yeah. Yeah. Did you always like from a really young age understand that that was 
something you might have to go through? Yeah, my mom was, you know, pretty open and honest with me about it um, from a very early age. So, I mean, it just makes me all the more thankful to her for, you know, doing that. Um, just kind of, you know, so it's not like a shell shock or anything later in life. Yeah, I think for me, it would have been so much harder if I hadn't had that time beforehand to process it. Right. Did you have a, a specific um, initial approach, like you knew you wanted to try to do IVF? Yeah, pretty pretty much, because I always knew that I would, I just wanted that experience of being able to like carry a child. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the only options available for that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So besides the hormones and everything, is there anything outside of that that you're doing to prepare, like um, just overall health-wise? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, taking calcium pills just because uh, I, I did have osteopenia. And so, but I was, you know, just, they told me to take calcium and everything. And so it's improved, which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of for me, I guess right now it's, it's more like on the mental and emotional side of it. And then also like the financial, cause, and you know, even my, even me and my husband talked about, you know, like what it would look like to maybe not even have kids one day. Um, so I don't know, I, I feel like there's still a lot to kind of, you know, think about and, you know, pray about as well. So, cause it, it's a lot to process for sure. It is. It's a lot of, and during that time where you're trying to figure it out, there's so much information that's thrown at you. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, it's, it is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And I, I feel like we, me and my husband have gone in waves of different ways we felt about it at different times. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I guess you know, for me, like, especially after the doctor, like there was like for a, a week straight, there was like a day, there wasn't a day that I didn't cry. Um, but, you know, going forward, I think, you know, I'm, I'm able to like cope with it a little bit better now. And um, so I do think, you know, to each their own and, um, you know, life is what you make it for sure. Yeah. You know, um, there's still a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. So I love talking about the theme for Turner Syndrome Awareness Month. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And this year's was Turner Strong, which is probably what my favorite has been this whole time. Um, like since I've been aware of the themes, what would you say that makes you think of when you think of Turner Strong? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess definitely like, I know the symbol for Turner's is the, the a butterfly, right? And so that kind of what comes to mind is just, um, you know, a butterfly and being strong and, you know, after hatching from the cocoon or whatever, and it's able to fly, you know, that that's what makes me think of it. And, you know, just being able to persevere through everything. So, 
Yeah. I, I think I loved it so much because it's not just actionable. Like we live that by going through everything we go through, but it's also encouragement, you know, that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I love that. And I feel like we have to be kind of our own advocates in a way, you know, so. Yeah. Have you found any unique moments of having to be your own advocate with um, the doctors that you've worked with in your life? Yeah, kind of. It was um, because I me and my husband, I'm originally from Tennessee. And then, so he had a job in Indiana this past year. So we moved up there. Um, we're back in Tennessee now, but so it, while we were in Indiana, I kind of was trying to get the process of started of like, well, what does my like ovaries look like? You know, what's kind of going on because I never really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I saw an OBGYN up there and I told her that I was on birth control. And then she was like, well, just stop the birth control, you know? She literally told me to stop taking it. (laughs) And I I did not do that, you know, because I didn't want to like throw my body into some like weird wacky thing. Um, She's like, well, you don't, you know, portray, you know, classic turners or whatever, you know, and that kind of thing. And I was, but I'm just, I'm not going to do that (laughs) to just stop my hormones because I don't, you know, I don't think that would be safe. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh gosh. That- <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is, that is, I have not, I've not had too many moments, but that would be one where I don't know if I'd be able to keep the look off my face in reaction. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is so very that interesting. Was, <laughs> that, yeah, it was crazy. But um, the OBGYN that I see down here, she was really nice. And um, so she just kind of referred me to the um, fertility clinic now. So um, I, I really like her. You know, she's really, really nice. And I feel like my voice is heard. Um, That's good. that I feel like is the most important part you know just feeling like they're at least listening to you yes absolutely yeah so I'm also kind of obsessed with what different aspects of turners are being researched oh yeah Is there anything in particular you feel like you would specifically like to see more research done on? Yeah, I mean, just kind of how, like, how in, you know, like us as as Turners, like, whenever we're, you know, being formed, like, what, because of, like, what of the genetics makes you know, specifically like the, the reproductive system, like not form um, as, as it was supposed to. And, you know, that it's just crazy because there's so many different genetic things that can happen. Um, you know, I mean, 
I think there's more that goes in genetics than we really realize. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think, I think part of the puzzle is figuring out more about tracking the different mutations when it happens. Right. Um, Cause I think that would tell us a lot <laughs> as far yeah. as, you know, when, when it comes to the reproductive system, is it just the hormone levels aren't there from the get go. And so that contributes to it not fully developing and then not being sustainable. Or is it just those cells that mutated are going straight there? And that's, you know, it's so interesting and it being all genetic is part of, I think, what makes it so mysterious because it's so hard to like pin down. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, so. It's just, there's there's so much unknown. Yeah. And um, I think it would personally, like personally, I think it would be great to be able to get even more awareness about Turner syndrome because I don't think a whole lot of people have ever heard of it or even know what it is. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, even in the Turner syndrome group I, on Facebook, I, there's a lot of moms that are on there and, you know, they have their babies that are, you know, diagnosed with um, Turner's and, you know, so it's just kind of, they're thrown into this whole, whole thing, you know, they have to kind of figure out where to go from there. So I think, you know, the more awareness about it would be the better. Yeah. It's, it's always surprising to me how much more awareness is really needed, even within the communities that should have the most awareness of it. Mm -hmm. That, you know, sometimes I feel like it being put as a more of an urgent thing um, could help. <laughs> like yeah. it, it being a more urgent, like, no, this needs attention. We need to understand this better. And, you know, doctors need more help knowing how to help these patients. Um, Cause you know, your story from talking with the OB, it just kind of exemplifies for me how possible it still is that doctors don't fully have an understanding of it. And mm -hmm. certainly the ones not within everything could not and, you know, they're running into patients that could have it. And just that just makes me want anyone and everyone to know about it. Yeah, for sure. I was like, <laughs> I just thought to myself, I was like, if you know anything about Turner's, it's like, that is not something that <laughs> would be good <laughs> for me. Yeah. To do. And an OB that works with people with you know, they're, they're going to work on the fertility side of things should be somewhat versed in the fertility side of Turner's at least. Right. Absolutely. I've had endocrinologists, well, one specifically that I've worked with before that I'm not sure she completely understood. And they're the specialist you go to. <laughs> Right. And that's, I mean, that's so scary to think about too, because, you know, it's like, 
you know, you're there because you, you know, seek help from, you know, the healthcare professionals. And then it's kind of like, they don't even know what they're doing. And you're like, these are the people that you go to because you want them to know and have confidence that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was part of the reason I'm not sure um, if you've seen it or not, but I did a video. Oh gosh, it was a while ago now, maybe two or three years. Maybe I should do another one. Um, basically called Dear Medical Professionals. That was like an open letter to these are our stories. These are our experiences. You need to hear these stories. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. Um, I'll have to check that out. Definitely, Brooke. I love your podcast. I, I've been <laughs> listening to it at work like the past week and I, just, I love it. It's, it's great because, you. you know, I, and being able to connect with different Turner's girls and finally having people to relate to, you know, about yeah. this. Yeah, and particularly with how unique everybody's experiences with interners already is, having somebody that actually has it and not just kind of understands, but really understands, because some of the things are so the way you like maybe the fertility struggle isn't one that's unique. You know, other people struggle with fertility too, Mm -hmm. but the way you struggle with fertility with Turner's is very unique. Yes, definitely. So, you know, I had a best friend that she also struggled with fertility. Um, It was PCOS and we would be talking about stuff and, you know, she had other options, much different options than I could have. Mm -hmm. And so having somebody that, you know, can have that conversation go, no, I totally understand. And, you know, there's options, but we're limited. And, you know, hearing other people's stories has been so amazing for me. And, oh gosh, I can't even put a value on it. It's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I love how you said that, you know, just the way that you know, Turner's girls, you know, struggle with that. Because, you know, with PCOS, I think, I believe there's like some medicine that, that you can take and it kind of sort of can bypass that problem. But, you know, for us, there is no bypass Yeah. for that. So, yeah, things like um, some fertility drugs aren't going to be something that can actually assist us. Mm-hmm. Things like just normal IVF. Um, some, some Turner's women can do, can try a round of just normal IVF. Um, it's not the common situation though. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just amazing to hear other people go, yeah, me too. I get it. Yeah, definitely. It's so just for your mental presence and trying to go yeah. through it, it's really good. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, you know, you get, you know, for me, at least I, my mind can go like a million miles a minute and then, you know, like I get all these thoughts in my head and then I'm like, it's just nice to have people, you know, like you said, to relate to and, you know, hear their stories and it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. Have it. I know. I love that. That's one of my favorite moments. I was just talking about this with somebody else. One of my favorite moments in talking with somebody else about all of this that also has it is where you can say something and they'll go, oh, you too? Yeah, me, me right. too. And it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, thank you. Right. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you mentioned prayer as a part of how you were preparing for going through IVF and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I am a very probably outspoken Christian. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I feel like that aspect to Turner's can be really important too. Um, it's not something that is everybody's belief, but I know it's had a huge impact on my personal journey with Turner's. Um, if you would be comfortable, I would love to hear um, if you think that's impacted your journey and processing through everything. Yes, absolutely, Brooke. It definitely has, you know, um, I'm, you know, pretty outspoken myself, <laughs> it, um, you know, because I feel like with Turner's, there's a lot that can seem like out of your control. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's just being nice to be able to like sit there and pray with my husband. Like we need guidance on what to do, you know, where to go and just help us to be at like peace with how things are right now. And to know like, Hey, everything's going to work out how it is supposed to, you know, because you may not get what you want, but it might be what you need. Yes. You know? yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely helped, um, you know, kind of bring myself out of some ruts and just, you know, Hey, it is in God's hands and how, you know, his plan is for a greater purpose. So yeah, being able to do that. Yeah. So do you feel like that's impacted, um, the way you've kind of reached into the community, like finding, um, finding ways to reach out, finding ways to have others to connect with? Um, yeah, kind of. I, I feel like I ask a lot of questions in the Turner Centrum group. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to be able to, you know, connect in that way with different Turner's girls. I guess I don't really feel like I've, I've been able to as of yet. I just joined the group like this last year. So, but yeah. Before joining the group, had you talked to many others that had had Turner syndrome? No, I literally knew nobody that <laughs> had Turner's before. And so I was like, I didn't even know this is here. Like, this is great, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, I can't remember when I joined the groups now. Well, group as far as the one I'm most active in. But I think at first I expected the online version to not be, you know, I don't know. I'm a very one-on-one -on -one, person to person, like face-to-face -face type of person, Yeah, which is funny because now I talk to everybody over the internet, but. Thanks COVID. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have so much found it has, I think, helped me more than what I have available in person could at the moment. Yeah. You, you know, know, and again, it's, it's about the, you know, at least the internet is available to still be able to connect with everybody. You know, I'm thankful for it. And I'm just so happy to have this opportunity to talk with you. I was so excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was really great. I'm really, I was really excited to hear your story. Um, and I love, 
how unique everybody's journey is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I got asked the other day what I would like, what I think would help communications with everybody um, within the community along with patient to doctor. And I'm like, just everybody hearing everybody's stories. Yeah, definitely. You know, I never leave not learning something. Right. Absolutely. Um, You know, and for me, like another thing that was, that's just been kind of weird is like, even the doctor, when I was uh, born, thought that I might have like mosaics turners, Mm -hmm. Um, but it turned out to be classic turners. So um, I don't know. So that's also something that's, you know, I guess unique in my story is, you know, I think it just goes to prove of how wide the spectrum can be with turners. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, so they, from the amniocentesis, while my mom was pregnant with me, they guessed I would be classic, but they said, you know, she'll have blood tests to confirm everything when Mm -hmm. she's born. Um, But before we ever did that, because I had no health complications, nothing, I never fell off the normal height and weight charts. I mean, I was on like the very bottom, but I was Mm -hmm. never off of them. Right. And we thought I might be mosaic because of how little I was showing of anything. The most you could really tell was my neck a little bit, not to an extreme extent, but if you were looking, you could kind of see. And I haven't actually heard too many others that have had this, but one of my shins is actually smaller than the other because of the fluid. Okay. I've, I never heard of that either. I, yeah, I haven't met anybody else that said they have that, but it's a thing for me. And those were the only two things that you could really say was showing I had Turner's. So before we had the thing, we thought, oh, yeah, they said classic, but with how little she's showing, maybe it is mosaic. Mm-hmm. No, I am classic, but it, it's incredible because I can meet so many other women that are classic or are mosaic that have a longer list of health complications than I do. Right. They're, they're shorter than me and they took growth hormones. (laughs) They have other health complications that I don't. And it's like textbook wise, that shouldn't be a thing, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not so black and white. Right. And I think that just goes to prove, you know, like how much more research needs to be done about it and how much more I think it's would be so great. And it's important to look into it more because yeah. of how different everybody is. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I get kind of like passionate about it. You know, I'm like, I want people to know. Yeah. And, you know, get this out there. Yeah. And I'm just very thankful for the doctors that are super passionate about their research. Like, um, I watched this video from one of the conference sessions of this doctor that was, I think they were like actively researching or they were talking about the genetics side of things, like the karyotyping and all of that. And um, 
they basically were doing this presentation on classic versus mosaic but by the end of it she was saying you know we never promise anything because we really can only know so much of this with what we have right now mm -hmm. and it totally blew my perspective on things out of the water because I had never heard that before. So even to know that even those lines are a little blurred, there's the biggest piece I would love to see answered is the pattern of the mutation mm -hmm. and how that impacts things. Does right. that make a difference? It, it just, it's, and we may never know because it's such a complicated thing, but I think that would answer so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I mean, just like that, that one thing affects everything else down the line, yeah. um, you know, DNA wise. So, yeah, I, you know, there's still so much to learn. And, um, you know, even in the group, it, I hope that there can be more awareness brought out about it because there I was surprised at how many moms were in the Turner syndrome group you know and how many baby girls were being you know that have this as well so yeah. um you know yeah it's it's a lot yeah that's that's the other aspect of things that until I myself started researching I felt like it was really rare like super rare well, in some aspects, yes, yes, it is. It's not like, you know, it's not the commonality of some other things, but it sometimes is easy to feel like it's rarer than it is because mm -hmm. you can feel so alone when you're not, you know, <laughs> when you don't know somebody in your own personal life that also has it. But if you think about the numbers, one in 2000, one in 1500. That means when you go to a concert that is a huge stadium, likelihood is there are other girls there that also have it, but you never yeah. think about that. Right. It doesn't feel possible. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, it's, you, you know, cause even my cousin, she's like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, I forget like all the time that, you know, you have turners and it's like, it, you know, it's just crazy to think like there's so much more to it than there is. And then there's some, like a lot more people that might know about this than we really think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so many unique ways people find out and there's such a wide range of scenarios for people finding out some women don't find out until they try to have a baby and can't get pregnant mm -hmm. and when I first heard of that scenario I was shocked like yeah what? um so it's just yeah and there are I I've noticed a big pattern in moms coming in when they're pregnant and get that diagnosis into the groups and I feel like there's this air of like everybody's watching to see what happens because you're just hoping and praying so much that 
that it goes well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's a lot that can manifest itself with Turner syndrome. And, um, you know, even for me, I didn't expect that there would be like another nodule trying to grow on my other thyroid. But, you know, again, it's, it's also common and just really anybody. Um, but so, yeah, just, I, I've also feel like the moms are kind of worried because they, there's, you know, again, that unknown, like, and they obviously worry, you know, so they don't know what to expect. And so I guess that, you know, hopefully kind of gives them some idea, you know, especially just hearing different stories of, you know, maybe that kind of gives them some peace of mind, just hearing different things that, you know, Turner's women have gone through. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I, I have thought it probably those Facebook groups weren't a thing when my mom was pregnant with me. Um, you're 23. They wouldn't have been for your mom either. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. My mom, today, she doesn't even use Facebook <laughs> at all. She's, she calls herself tech stupid. So. <laughs> but, but there was, um, there was just such little community for it back then. You know, it was very limited and very limited information. And, you know, now we almost have the opposite problem where these parents have a lot of information, but maybe not as much help discerning it. And it can be overwhelming. And even as, yeah. I don't know if you found this, but even for me as an adult, I find the information overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's easy to, sorry. My, if you hear my husband in the background, he's gaming. Oh, that's okay. but, um, but yeah, you know, especially just even the IVF, you know, there's, I got sent like this email, this long email and it had like all these PDFs and different documents. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't even look at it right now because I just feel so overwhelmed with yeah. everything. So, yeah. so have you had anything specific, um, that you try to keep up on as far as screenings? I mean, I'm sure they're now more closely watching your thyroid. Um, is there anything else in particular that you screening wise keep up on? Um, I guess like I had just had a DEXA scan recently. Um, and so uh, it, it showed that the osteopenia had improved. Um, and so I don't have to really go do that um for you know like a couple more years or whatever um and I had my heart checked like this last year or two um everything looked fine my kidney was fine perfectly normal um so yeah I guess just you know right now um I don't know they'll probably like check my thyroid again ultrasound it see what's going on and then if need me you know I'll probably like biopsy it but uh, even when I was 11, I think was when I had to have the, the first nodule removed, it was benign. So, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not too worried about it. My doctor wasn't too worried about it. So I mean, like until she's worried about it, I, you know, I'm not going to drive myself crazy over here. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. So did they say 
anything in particular about what can cause that? Is it something that just happens? Um, I guess, I mean, I know like thyroid issues are common, you know, with Turner's and everything. Um, so I get, I don't know, she didn't really say anything about that, but I guess she just kind of maybe attributed to this is happening maybe because of Turner's. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm not really too, too worried about it as of right now. Um, yeah. But I mean, and they can even go away on their own as well. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard too much about that to have context. Um, that's interesting. So, um, is there any, are you on any other medication for anything besides the HRT? Oh yeah. Well, I uh, love the for my thyroid. Um, okay. But yeah, pretty much those are the only two medications that I take. What was your growth hormone experience like? Yeah, I had to take shots, um, you know, the growth hormone shots. I remember like doing them like in my leg. Um, but yeah, I don't remember being on them for like a crazy amount of time at all. Um, I do remember starting it pretty young, I guess, but um, like I said, I'm five four, so. But I, I would yep. be happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know because there's, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean that's also something I'm kind of curious about is like, because I mean I don't five four isn't you know, extremely tall, but you know I feel like it's kind of just average, so. Um, I'm kind of, you know, because I know the thing with Turner's is like, oh, you know, we're, you know, small but mighty kind of thing. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if other Turners have, Turner girls have gotten to 5'4", you know, even with growth hormones. I, I think I have, with growth hormones, yes. Mm -hmm. um, I have not heard of that height not taking growth hormones. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised because I'm always hearing of things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. So <laughs> like, yeah. I, that's cool. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, but I have not heard without growth hormones that height. The typical height that they say untreated um, is four, eight to four, oh. four, four, eight, four, nine is like, I think that was part of the high end of what they would expect without growth hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's averages and <laughs> statistics. And mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I take all the statistics with a grain of salt and just, you know, not that it's not good information, but stranger things have happened outside of something not within the statistics happening. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, again, because it's just of that, just how different everybody is, you know, I yeah. don't think you can say like, oh, 
because of, you know, you have turners, okay, you're going to have this whole long list. It's like, that's not always necessarily true. Yeah, they're possible. And, you know, I think for everybody, there's still a possibility. Probability would be different. That'd be probably too hard to calculate individually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, them being possible is different than them actually happening. And, um, you know, our stories where we're classic with very few symptoms and complications from it goes against those statistics, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's part of what I try to help get out that message of like, there's no guaranteed outcome. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's funny because, you know, even my grandma, she's shorter than I am. And, (laughs) you know, like, so is my niece. (laughs) and and she's like my age so I don't know it's just it's just different so yeah it gets it's an interesting experience being without it's not something I feel like I've talked about very much but it's an interesting experience being on the side of things where you don't have very many health complications and looking in on all the stories of really significant health complications, Mm -hmm. Um, especially watching the posts in the group. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a lot for me sometimes, you know, um, it, I, you know, for me, it's, I, you know, helps me keep like a a thankful heart as well and um you know just ad advocating for for turners you know for the girls for all of us you know yeah um whether you know it's minor health complications or you know some or the ones that have more you know i think everybody deserves to have their voice heard and you know it'd be taken serious yeah and all of us would benefit from more, a, a more in-depth understanding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the definitely. Biggest, the biggest question a lot of people still want answered is what actually causes it to happen? Mm-hmm. And oh, who knows if they'll ever fully hone in on that. Right. Um, and, in, you know, I was actually listening to um, this is kind of going back, like, on the, like, fertility aspects of things, but, you know, in advocating for that, people have, you know, have to go through, um, fertility treatments, you know, for different things, and so I think with insurance companies, there should be a lot more, you know, that is able to be covered, because it's so much more common than people think, um and not you know just for turners girls um yes yes and amen it is so disheartening that insurance covers none of it yeah literally because i i i had just started a new job and so i was talking to the um insurance guy about you know like what's offered and i asked about fertility 
you know, if there's anything covered with fertility treatments and that kind of thing. And he said, um, no, nothing. And I was like, I figured, but you know, <laughs> yeah, the only time I've ever had something in that process be covered is my reproductive endo that I did the initial testing with to kind of, cause I mean, I'm not sure if you had this major moment also, but when I first started going to see a doctor to find out what was going on, I had no idea what they were going to say. Like, I knew it was a possibility and a likelihood that I wouldn't be able to, but it was always this question mark, you know, because again, not showing many symptoms, maybe that was an area that I beat those odds again. We don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, until we did the testing. And (laughs) he was like, yeah, they cover nothing. So I'm going to throw in the blood work with your other testing that your endo is having done. (laughs) So it's covered for you. Like, thank you. Yeah. I remember your podcast, you were, you know, talking about that. Um, and you had the, I believe the FSH levels Uh tested and you said, the mention that the normal range was anywhere from like zero to 10. Um, and so you had, had your levels come back. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, surreal to sort of, you know, have that confirmed for you. Cause yeah, I mean, I kind of went through the same thing. Just, I thought to myself, yeah, I mean, I don't have any of the characteristics of Turner's really, you know, maybe that's something that wasn't affected. And um, just to kind of like see the ultrasound where like, my ovaries are basically there, but like super teeny tiny, you know, yeah. and so she, she literally said to me, she was like, well, they're not active or anything. And so I was like, oh, well, that kind of confirms that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh man, I probably shouldn't have been driving myself home, but <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the hardest doctor's appointment I think I've ever been to. Not because the doctor was difficult. The doctor was amazing, but oh man, even knowing and anticipating it being the likelihood, having it confirmed that way was a whole other level of real. Yes, definitely. Cause you know, it, it does make it real and it's just to have that confirmation and yeah, just to know that. Yeah. I, I relate to that for sure. Um, yeah. And it's so, oh man, I think, I think insurance companies not, <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be covering pre-existing conditions, right? Like that's not supposed to be a thing they can push off. And we have a diagnosis that could prove like, no, I was born with like, this is a pre-existing condition thing. Yeah. I was born with this. Like there was nothing that, you know, I mean, I don't know of any fertility, infertility that's going to not be, but we have a pre-diagnosis of something else that causes this even and still not. It just, and then to get the cost, it's so disheartening. Yeah, even so I had asked to, you know, because I saw the price for, you know, to buy donor eggs and I was like, wow, that's <laughs> as much as like a new car. So yes. I was like, well, I was curious if there was any like payment plans or anything. And she was like, no, there is no payment plans. And so it, 
was just a lot for me because I'm like, you know, something that's already kind of hard to go through that just makes it even harder yes. to know, like, you kind of just throw me a bone here. Like, please, you know? It's a little bit of an insult to injury. Like, yeah. it's already really emotionally hard. Yeah. You have to hit and, me hard financially too. Right. And she was like, well, we work with this. She mentioned uh, it was just some loan company. And so it's, it was just crazy crazy to me so the one aspect of trying to finance things like that and this could apply to anything you do that I've only kind of minimally thought about and processed myself but like I know I have in my life a lot of people that would probably love to donate to some kind of fund for whatever Mm -hmm. be it IVF treatments embryo adoption traditional adoption, like any of those types of options. But I always felt like I had an initial reaction of, would that be weird to like ask for or open it up for people to help us pay for that? But there's adoption funds. Right. And, you know, again, it's like, not even Turner's girls who have to go through, you know, possibly using a donor egg. So I think, yeah, bringing that awareness would be great too. Um, Cause it's just kind of, I'm sure you kind of felt the same way, Brooke, but it's like, whenever I got that information, I just sat there and I was like, they're just kind of like, here you go, you know, have fun, you know, trying to figure it out and just kind of dealing with it. And I'm like, yeah before that doctor's appointment and we had everything confirmed, my husband had always said, since we were dating, um, you know, there's always adoption. Adoption is great. And I was like, yeah, but I, I just like you, I've always wanted those experiences of being pregnant and labor and delivery. I know there may be some women that are like, oh gosh, you know, it's, it's not always cracked up to be in. I'm like, well, but I would still love the experiences. Yeah. And when they told me the cost, because the cost was several tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, adoption's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, just sure. so overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, even to me, I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, I'm just, you know, just take it a day at a time because <laughs> this just kind of, puts me off of it for right now you know I'm like and also me and my husband just got married like a year ago mm. so you know I there's there is time for everything and um I just I feel like God put that in our hearts right now just to kind of like take it a day at a time you know yes yeah. everything has its season and um you know I have faith in like however it's gonna work out it's gonna work out and whenever the time comes you know it will be taken care of and and dealt with. Absolutely. And there is no shame in, in having a different journey than another person you're talking to. Um, you know, I, I think in the Turner syndrome community, there can be a little bit of a, I don't want to talk about being pregnant and hurt everybody else 
Mm-hmm. But but everybody's gonna have a different journey. I someday would, God willing, if that's what he has planned for us, still love to go through a pregnancy, whether it's IVF with egg donation, which would be my preferred, or something like embryo adoption. And mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, there can be this pressure to, well, adoption is enough. Yes, absolutely it is. And all those options are great options. And you just have to find what is best and what is your best option. And mm-hmm. that that's going to look different for everybody. You know, there was somebody yeah. I talked to that was able to naturally get pregnant and have three children. And with Turner's. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that that is something that they were a little bit wary of sharing because they, you know, there was a little bit of a, like, I don't want to, you know, upsetting people or anything like that, but everybody has different journeys. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I think, you know, us as Turner, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I think that's great that she was, you know, trying to be mindful of other people's feelings, you know, um, but, you know, that's what the group is there for, you know, is just to be able to like have that community and, and talk to each other yeah, you know, about, you know, anything and everything really. So, yeah. And being able to embrace because we all have our own very unique ways we're impacted and journeys with everything, being able to embrace that for each other, even if it's not something that can be a part of ours is really important. Yeah, definitely. You know, cause it's there to, you know, unite, not like divide. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's, there's been um, just some interesting interactions I've seen, not in the group, but in out in interactions outside of the group that it's, it's been interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for but, sure. So anyways, um, that was probably a little bit of a tangent, but that just is what was in my head. Um, <laughs> so before I let you go, was there anything else that we didn't touch on or that um, you didn't have a chance to share that you wanted to share? Um, not really. I mean, I, you know, I think, I guess just, just like a last thing as I want to say is, you know, just, you know, we just got to, you know, love, love yourself for who you are. And, you know, for me, it, it's, it ha- it's been helping to just keep a grateful heart for everything. Um, you know, I, it's important to not get in your head and, you know, cause it's easy to get upset about things, but that's not a way to live, you know? And I, you know, I've started to, you know, think of Turner syndrome as like, Hey, you know, this is part of me and that's okay. You know? Um, but I, I think we both can prove, you know, like you can, you know, it doesn't make you any more or less than normal. Yeah. you know we can all live normal lives you know a lot of us have and have jobs it's not 
anything that I think really needs to be looked at as a disadvantage. So, yes. Yeah. And I think how you put that language is really important. It's a part of you. It is not all that you are. Right. And keeping that in mind through everything it can throw at you just can make a world of difference. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, I, I remember watching this video about these, like these older ladies that had um, Turner syndrome and then basically the doctors and, you know, back whenever there was like basically nothing known about it. And the doctors were just saying, you know, just like, you know, abort your child. And it's like, no, that's not, you know, everybody is valuable. And so it just, it made me cry to think, you know, that it's, they just said to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think awareness is something that I feel like hopefully what I've tried to do to raise awareness has helped give perspective to that and, and helped that situation a little bit where it's not, you're not jumping to conclusions about what that's going to mean or what you immediately need to do and um, stop you from getting those further answers to really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I feel like everybody's story is important because that give con gives context to when a doctor says, this is what's likely, mm -hmm. these are the risks, and this is what we feel like their likelihood is that you might not have context for otherwise. Yeah. Well, I just appreciate you, Brooke, and you doing oh, the podcast. I love it and everything you're doing you. to raise awareness. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. It was awesome to get to chat and hear everything going on with you. Um, I am praying for you and good luck through everything with IVF and um, your thyroid stuff. I hope that goes well. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. So, but thank you, Brooke. Yeah. Best of luck to you as well. Yeah. So. Thank you. Okay. Well, have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.